It's the Field of Vision podcast with your host, Jordan Eisen. How's it going, everybody? And welcome into the Field of Vision podcast. Joining me today is Shelly V. Uh, She's the editor for Dynasty Guru, but she also is just very fun to listen to. Um, And I'm really looking forward to previewing half of the outfielder position today with her. So, um, Shelly, we definitely chatted a little bit more beforehand, but um, a big reason that I'm having you on today, other than your amazing personality and expert advice, um, is that we're in the same TGFBI league, um, which is pretty interesting. Um, How's the draft been going for you so far? Uh, Well, I just want to say, hey, Jordan. Uh, it's fine. It, you know, it's, it's really just awesome just to finally actually get to get to talk to you. Um, but I, I, I honestly, I really do like how my draft is going. Um, I didn't necessarily think that I was going to like the sixth overall pick in our 15 team league. Um, I was hoping to get like, you know, maybe like the first or second pick. Um, but so far so good. I actually really do like my team. How about you? I I really like the best available approach, just no matter what kind of taking who you think is the best available, somewhat accounting for um, categories and stuff, but not really accounting for position. And I have a lot of pitchers, which I didn't really <laughs> see coming, but like Carlos Rodan was available in the ninth round. I'm taking him. Pablo Lopez in the 10th. I'm taking him. It's about to be my pick in the 11th. And I'm eyeing a pitcher. I might not go with him because, I mean, I have a ton of pitchers already. But I don't know. I'm tempted. Um, so I've had a great time, though. I think my team looks really good. I started off with Vlad and Starling Marte, um, which was a really good basis for power and speed and batting average mm-hmm. and counting stats at that. And then to that, I added Austin Riley and Giancarlo Stanton, which just further bolster the power. So I'm pretty much set for power now. Um, now I'm just looking for more steals, um, pretty much, because my pitching staff also looks really good. Um, in this league, closers got pushed way up when uh, Ryan Presley was taken in the early fourth round. Um, that pick really puzzled me, but I guess uh, he was on to something because closers really started coming off the board after that. Uh, Jordan Romano was taken in the fifth. Will Smith was taken in the sixth. I had to take Giovanni Gallegos in the sixth. It kind of threw off everything because closers are just going way higher than they usually do. And I'm looking at your team, and you took uh, Emmanuel Classe Mm -hmm. right after um, Ryan Presley went in the fourth. And that was probably a good move. Um, But... Yeah, what what do you do when there's a closer run like this? What's your um? Just close your eyes and hope and pray that one of one of the closest falls to you. That I mean, that's kind of how um I kind of approach this situation. Um, I honestly was planning on taking a closer in the fourth. Um, just because I just wanted one of those like kind of guys that are currently kind of just like set in their role i was hoping for either mm-hmm. i was really hoping for class a 
Um, but then I also had Presley and Diaz also in my queue at that time. Um, and then when I saw everyone, when I saw Presley and Diaz go right before Class A, I, I, I was really happy because I, I, I really think Class A is um, definitely, there's, there's really no one in that bullpen, in my opinion, um, that's really going to um, challenge him for, um, for the closer position. And then Terry Francona is coming back after being away for like the last two months because of health related stuff. And Frank Kona is a dude who just has a closer and just absolutely is, he's totally old school. Like he just has a closer and then has other guys fill in. So that's why I had class a ahead of Presley and Diaz. So knowing that he fell to me in the fourth, I was pretty happy. Yeah. That went perfectly for you. Yeah. Then. Uh, in most of my mock drafts and stuff, I'd been trying to get um, someone like Jordan Romano mm-hmm. and Giovanni Gallegos and po- pairing them up together. Instead, I had to go Giovanni Gallegos and Mark Melanson and a lot earlier than I would prefer. Yeah. Um, but I feel good about saves. Like in a in a league where saves are pushed up so high and I feel comfortable about it. I think my offense and pitching staff looks pretty good. So I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with where I'm at right now. I will say uh, I had the fifth draft slot position, as you mentioned before, you had mm-hmm. the sixth. You have sniped me a couple times. <laughs> I was looking at um, Jake Cronenworth and um, who was the other one? Jose Barrios, um, right? And you took them right before me. Um, yeah, I mean, and- I, I, I was really, um, you know, um, hoping for uh, Rodon, honestly, because I was going to take a gamble there. Because, I mean, I like Barrios as my second. Um, but I really wanted, like, another guy who could possibly, if he's healthy, be, like, a number, honestly, like a 1.52 type of guy. So, yeah, I was kind of yeah. bummed to see that. I almost took Rodon with my eighth round pick instead of oh, Melanson. Wow. And then he came nice. back to me and that was easy. So, um, yeah, it, it's been really fun so far. I'm kind of obsessing over it. Like I always seem to have the <laughs> draft board open just to monitor who's going to go come off the board mm-hmm. next. But um, I, I've really enjoyed it so far. It's my second year and I feel a lot better about this draft than last draft. Um, mainly because of the whole closer situation last year was terrible for me in that sense. Um, But let's get into these outfielders and start previewing them. Um, So the top tier, it's pretty much just the first rounders, I would say. Um, So I've got uh, Fernando Tatis, Juan Soto, Bryce Harper, Kyle Tucker, Mike Trout, and Ronald Acuna. That's definitely a lot of people. And just note that if you haven't listened to a position preview in the podcast's past, um, that is in order of my rankings. Um, and I just like made up the tier that they're all the f- in the first tier. So take note of that. Um, so it doesn't perfectly align with ADP, but it's pretty close just due to the nature of rankings. Um, so Fernando Tatis and Juan Soto, I'm pretty sure people know what to expect. Um, 
But Bryce Harper, what what are you expecting from Bryce Harper in terms of batting average? Yeah, Bryce Harper is actually kind of interesting. And I don't and I don't really know what to think about him when it comes to batting average because I mean, if you take a look um at his like O swing percentage, um you know, so swings outside the zone, he's actually he, this is what makes him so interesting. He does swing outside the zone a lot more than you would think. Um, I mean, he is on the level. Um, he is on the um, uh, level of the kind of like close to like Luis Robert and and um, some other guys like that who are actually kind of swing, you know, free swingers. But he does make more contact. So I honestly, I don't know where to stick him with average. I just think that his he just has like so so much like bat speed like he can like totally still get to um balls outside the zone so i mean i kind of pencil him in for like a 270 280 type of average but i think that there will there could be seasons where you know he could be like the mvp and hit like close to 300 Mm -hmm. or he could yeah, he's done it twice. Why not exactly? Again? Or it could be a time where he hits like two forty because of just luck. So when it comes to Bryce Harper and average, I, 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 I have no idea what to think. <laughs> That's honestly a fair answer. I, I would expect two seventy five ish, which is actually perfectly in between um, your range. So. It it's hard to say, but yeah, he is high variance, and that's why I asked the yeah. question. Um, he could go in a lot of different directions, but still, definitely worth a first round pick, in my opinion. Um, what about Kyle Tucker? Um, he ran, I think he had sixteen stolen base attempts last season, um, and was successful on fourteen of them. So, what are you thinking for Kyle Tucker? Do you think he's worthy? of a first round pick in 12 team leagues, or should you let him fall a little bit further? Cause 16 stolen base attempts is frankly not that much, but he also started the year really slow and ended it out amazingly. So he's another interesting. Yeah, I, I, I remember uh, last year in like TGFBI, I got Kyle Tucker, like, like I think early third round. And I, I, I was actually like, you know, the high, the high drafter on, on him, you know, um, but Kyle Tucker going this high based on the on stolen bases, I just I kind of like I, I I'm not seeing it. Houston is a team that doesn't really steal a lot, and Kyle Tucker is giving me a little bit of George uh, George Springer vibes, where um, Springer was. Like in the minors, he would steal a lot, but then as soon as he came up to Houston, he just didn't run. Uh, Bregman doesn't run. Um, no one really runs yeah. outside of Altuve, and Altuve is like a totally different type of guy than any of the other guys that we're talking about. So, as much as I I like the idea of Tucker, him going as high as he is, I think it's kind of an overpay because I don't see where those steals are coming from. Yeah, I I like Tucker. Um, the steals are definitely the point of contention, like for anyone, yeah. I think. Um, 
But I think that he is worth a first-round pick even in a 12-team league because he was so good in the second half. I, I'll, I'll pull up his splits right now. But I believe he had like a 330 average and like 20 home runs in just a half. Yeah, 327 batting average and 15 homers. So if you prorate that, that's about 40 homers in a 330 average. Like that's not going to happen, but oh my God, it's yeah. ridiculous. Um, And he also ran a lot um, with seven steals. Um, So he's, the steals may change a little bit, but he's a really good mm-hmm. hitter. And I think his worst case scenario is probably like a 270 batting average with like 30 homers in like 10 steals. And that's pretty yeah. good. And he, I think he has a lot more upside than that totally. as well. All right. The next guy that I want to talk about um, is Mike Trout. I, I He's interesting. And definitely there is a discussion that we could have there. Um, but in the interest of time, let's just recap it in a sentence. He's probably the best hitter in baseball, but he's been really injured lately. So there's a discount and he probably won't steal. So in Roto Leagues, he's just not worth that high of an investment. Um, do you agree or disagree with that statement? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, if in a 15-team league, I don't think that I would take him in the first round. Um, but if I was anywhere in the second round and he was available, I would snatch him uh, because I do believe in that talent. And he's just going to be like the super Mr. Consistent guy. Um, but I, I sadly, I just don't feel that he is, uh, at least in the game that we play, he's not a first round talent. I would take him in the first round, but not too high whatsoever. Um, I, I'm a little spooked by him, but there's not, he, I I don't think he's gonna really like when there's so many other alternatives, like. What did I say? Kyle Tucker, his worst case scenario is 270 with 30 homers and 10 steals. I think that's like Mike Trout, if he was healthy for a whole season, would probably do better than that. But if that's Kyle Tucker's floor, I, I don't see why you would take Mike Trout over him, which sounds a little stupid to say. But um, given the injury risk, it makes sense, I think, especially in Roto and points it changes. Exactly. I, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, I it, and it really does sound odd to say that you're going to take any player other than Mike Trout because, I mean, we've just been for years. I mean, we, he has just been like the goat, right? So, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I would rather take Tucker um, over Trout, but yeah. Okay. Um, and now I don't really think that... Um... Ronald Acuna is worth talking about until we get more info on his injury. So let's move on to the second tier of players, that being Mookie Betts, Luis Robert, Jordan Alvarez, Starling Marte, Teoscar Hernandez, Cedric Mullins, and Aaron Judge. I think this tier is a lot more interesting than the first (laughs) tier um, because they're just breakouts and huge home run hitters and one of the biggest steel sources. It's very interesting in my opinion. So um, Mookie Betts, I'm just going to ask you pretty blatantly, what are you expecting from Mookie Betts in 2022, given his weird season last year? I I honestly, I don't know. I, I haven't drafted him anywhere because I'm very scared because of just the injuries and the hip. And they started using 
Uh, the Dodgers started playing him at second base because of the hip, but he didn't get it repaired whatsoever. So I've just been, as much as I love Mookie Betts, I absolutely adore the man. I am not drafting him anywhere because I have no idea what to expect. And there was, it, I agree. There were so I... many more fun players, more set players that I feel like I have a better gut feel than when it comes to Mookie. Yeah, I I feel like it. He's twenty nine, and the Dodgers are smart, so I'm not really willing to say that like it's gonna go in the wrong direction from here on out because I feel like if the Dodgers saw that coming, they wouldn't have given him this contract. But things do happen, and I just don't think Mookie Betts is ever gonna return to the first yeah. round. Um, it could happen, especially if he starts stealing again, but it seems like he's gonna be like a third round player, second round, maybe if he hits for power, but like third, fourth round pretty consistently um, until further yep. notice. Like he just doesn't excite yep. me really. Um, someone who does excite me and for good reason is Luis yeah. Robert. Um, he was absolutely absurd when he returned from injury last season. It was it looked real too. He cut his uh, strikeout rate down a lot. Um, he finished the year with a 21% strikeout rate. His uh, walk rate also went down, but it was worth it. Um, so it doesn't really matter too much, but he's fast. He has power. It's like Mookie Betts could fall. Luis Robert could rise to the first round and kind of take his spot. I think. Um, how high are you willing to take Robert? He really confuses me, like, really, because he is so aggressive. Like, I mean, he has a, like, 60 61% swing. Uh, he's just up there hacking. Like, he's like Javier Baez level, just just swinging. Um, but it's all working. Like, it, just looking at what he has done in the majors and in the – well, looking at what he did in the minors was amazing. And then it, it's like he didn't miss a step when he went to the majors, which is like pretty crazy to see. And he brings power. He brings speed. Um, he's a super fun player. Like I, I have drafted him in a couple of um, NFB 50s just to see what happens. I just really hope that he stays healthy because he's such he's so much fun to watch. Yeah. So um if you were just ha if you had one draft, twelve team league, let's say, um, would you take him in the mid second, early second round, or is that too risky? There, there is another guy that I'm hoping that we will talk about that I would probably take ahead of him because I am in love with him, um, and I did take him in TGFBI. So, um, is it Teoscar? No, it's uh, Jordan Alvarez. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but if 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 we weren't if Alvarez was out of the question, I would totally uh uh push push up Robert uh just because of of those steals and just everything that he does. Yeah. So let's talk about Alvarez a little bit. What makes you so in love with him? I get I get that he's a phenomenal <laughs> yeah. hitter, but he's not gonna hit. He's not gonna steal many bases, and like what separates him from like Austin Riley or Matt Olson? 
Um, not much other than <laughs> at least with Olsen, um, the Astros are a better offense than the Ace. True. Um, and then with Riley, I don't believe Riley. Um, and I, 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 I just, I love Alvarez. Uh, I just think he's like, set it and forget it. He's hitting what three, four in the Astros lineup, which is still pretty legit after, you know, maybe losing Carlos Correa. Um, I think that he has the ability to hit, you know, 40, 35, 40 home runs easily. Yeah, he's not going to steal, but he's just like one of those guys who just hits. And he's just super reliable on that part. And I just I just love him so much. <laughs> I I get yeah. it. I He was my favorite player um, after he came up in heading into his sophomore season. I really yeah. liked him. And I still do. I, I just rationally, um, he's kind of hard to take in the second round. Yeah. Um, if you get like a steel source in the first round though, and you pair that with Jordan Alvarez, that could work wonders for sure. Um, he's just definitely one of the best pure bats yeah. um, right now. And you are getting him in the second round. Like I, I posed the question, what's the difference between him and Matt Olson or Austin Riley? But you could also say, what's the difference between him and Vlad? Like, yeah, he's really good he's really really good and i i would take him in the second round in a 12 team league but at the end probably um you just need to be conscious of who you took in the first because if you pair him and vlad i guess that could work but it might not be the wisest decision but in tgfbi you paired him with bichette i think that works perfectly all right so starling Marte. My second round pick in TGFBI, um, I did not like taking him, I'll be <laughs> honest, because I, I'm i a little um, skeptical about his age and his power, and it never feels good to take a Mets player. <laughs> it's just a culmination of things kind of um, make him difficult to really adore, but I mean, practically speaking... He's going to get a lot of steals and not kill you in batting average and contribute some home runs, contribute a lot of runs. If he bats second, presumably RBI. It, I think he's worth a second round pick, especially in 15 team leagues. Um, and yeah, he gets you a magnificent start in steals. I, I agree. Um, However, <laughs> I just I just get like this really uncomfortable feeling um, when he goes to the Mets, and then also a uh, Buckshow Walter is now the manager there, and he didn't necessarily, um, uh, you know, when he was the manager of the Orioles, they didn't run, and just how much. Marte was running when especially like when he went to the A's was just insane. Um it scares me a bit mm-hmm. in the second round. Um I I I mean if it was like a third round or fourth round pick kind of where he was going last year I think they would be great. It just Yeah, I have a thing about the Mets and they scare me so I I totally echo you with that. Yeah. 
Me too. I forget who I was thinking about, um, but at one point I was thinking about a different Met in TGFBI, and I literally like took him off of my queue because I already had started <laughs> Mute, and that was too many Mets for me. Like, it, it, there, it just everything goes wrong. It's so bad, and I hope one year it changes because I oftentimes do like their players. Like last year, I really liked Dom Smith. Mm-hmm. This year, I really like... Um, like Edwin Diaz, there are definitely people on that team that are good. It just never seems to work. And I hope that um, for the sake of my TGFBI team, <laughs> Marte can kind of break that streak. Um, the next guy on the list is Teoscar Hernandez. Um, major 2021 breakout. I guess 2020 breakout, but 2021 really showed that it's sustainable because he cut down his strikeout rate so much. Um what do you expect for Teoscar Hernandez in 2022? Um, honestly, I, I, I mean, I kind of just expect a, about the same amount. Um, I will say that this is uh, Hernandez has always been kind of a, a a player that I have always just been like the low person on. Um, I don't know. I've just never, honestly, I've never had him in a redraft league in a dynasty league or anything so maybe i'm just like always just a tad bit lower than everybody else on him but obviously i've been burned because i mean he is just outperformed everything um that i expected him to do yeah yeah he's a pretty good player um i think and especially with the strikeout rate decreased um does that why why don't you think he's sustained like, why don't you think he can sustain it? Because last year was a pretty easy argument, like 30% strikeout rate. Beforehand, it was even higher. Uh, maybe it was an outlier in a small sample size. But now it seems kind of real, like only 25% strikeout rate. That's still not great, but I mean, it seems like it's sustainable at this point. Uh, it, what's your counter argument um, to someone liking Teoscar Hernandez? I honestly... I don't have a good counter like it, but it's just been like, I, I, I know this is like, I'm like trying to like take like cheap way out, but it's just like, I don't, I don't know. It's just like, I've never really believed in it, but looking at all the stats, all the numbers, everything, I don't know why I don't believe it. So that's all on me. I I'm just I'm just always the lower, per, lower ranker on him. So I don't have a good reason why. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely that way about some people too. I I won't lie, but I I like Teoscar Hernandez. I think he's very interesting. And I mean, um, anytime yeah, he definitely you, deserves. Some yeah, work. anytime you can get any type of uh, part of the Blue Jays lineup, like you should just, you know, just bump mm-hmm. those players. That's another Yeah, thing. bump those players up, like a couple positions where you think that they should be because the Blue Jays lineup, the Houston lineup, like those are two lineups that you just really, really want to get a part of. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Um, the Blue Jays lineup is really absurd and in addition to all of hernandez's steals and homers and batting average he's truly a five category player it's pretty ridiculous um 
and yeah, his Babbitt could his Babbitt could go down quite a bit. Maybe his strikeout rate isn't fully sustainable, but he just seems like a solid player at this point. Even his defense got better mm-hmm. last year. Um, he he just seems like a good player to me. So I'm excited to take yeah. him. I w- wish that he had stuck around till round three in TGFBI because um, I was hoping for him. But unfortunately, he went in round two. Even for me, that's a little too rich, but I think he's really good. Um, yeah. Uh, now, what about Cedric Mullins, though? Another recent breakout. Um, another guy that contributes in both power and speed and batting average. Um, are you skeptical of his short breakout in not short breakout? It was pretty long, I guess. But um, what what do you think of Mullins? Are you convinced on him or not? Um, I am more convinced, um, with Mullins, uh, I guess maybe than Teoscar. Um, I just, I just really like everything that he showed last year, um, is what is just so awesome. Like 30, he went 30, 30. That is crazy. Like they're bringing the fences in it. Well, part of the fences in, um, um, down in Baltimore, and you know the whole ditching the switch hitting that that obviously worked from him um he's going to be hitting a top of you know the Orioles um lineup so he's going to get plenty of plate appearances he's going to run he's going to hit home runs just everything about what he did just i i'm totally buying in on cuz even even if he does regress, which I'm pretty sure that he will, because anyone hitting a 30-30, you're probably not going to bank on that. But, I mean, even if he goes, what, 25-25, right? That's still really, really good. So I I just I just liked everything that he did last year. What if he goes 20-20, though? Then it's not really worth it. And he also hit 260 in the second half of the season. Um, I, I don't know. I'm a little scared. I think I had him at like 40th overall in my rankings at Mm -hmm. one point. I have moved it up because I do recognize the, um, upside that he has having just gone 30, 30, but I think that 2025 is more realistic for Mullins. Um, and if you're spending a second or a third round pick Mm -hmm. on him, I'd be a little hesitant. I hear that. I hear that. It's just like that. 25 steals is pretty nice. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but I, I, I would look elsewhere. Um, and also the park dimensions changing. Uh, his spray chart does show that it probably won't affect him as much as it'll affect uh, Ryan Mountcastle or someone mm-hmm. like that. But it's still not a good thing. And that also presumably means less runs in RBI as well. So I, I would just consider looking elsewhere um i don't love him but i don't hate him i guess either i also just realized um that he um oh my god i completely lost my train of thought uh i'm not sure what i was gonna say (laughs) um but oh it, it was that he um his spot in the lineup is good he just gets he racks up a bunch of plate appearances um, and that's very useful, even though the lineup's bad. So, um, 
another um the next guy i want to talk about though is aaron judge um all-around great player kind of similar to jordan alvarez but maybe with more injury risk so what are what do you think of aaron judge um i like him um sadly i just haven't really been able to be in like a good draft position to get him because he just always seems to go um like maybe like a couple picks before i'm available uh, or able to pick but i i i really like him like he's like again he's one of like this set it and forget it type of hitters um obviously he's not really gonna steal really at all but i mean if he could hit what 35 prime runs put up a 275 average um you know close to uh, you know close to 100 runs 100 rbi that's perfect and like, i mean if he's going in like the third round fourth round kind of depends on on your league size there that's 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 an awesome player Obviously, you're not going to get the speed, but that's okay. Like, I, I, I still want a, 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 a guy on my team like Aaron Judge. Yeah, uh, he's amazing. Um, and the injuries, I guess, are a little bit concerning, but I think we're kind of moved past that. Like, he put up a full season. I'm not too concerned about him whatsoever. Yeah. And I... Yeah, I'd be perfectly fine taking him pretty high in any given draft. Uh, 40 homers with a 270 average. Sounds a lot like Ordon Alvarez, and we've already <laughs> talked about how much we like him. So yep, I, I'm very happy with taking Garen Judge. He's also going at an ADP of 39, which doesn't really sound right, but I mean, that's what his ADP on NFC is. So that's encouraging as well so if you can get him at pick 39 certainly do that i feel like he's going higher as of lately though so um be aware of that as well um now before we head on to the third tier we are going to take a quick break for an ad and we are back during that break i realized that it's my pick in tgfbi and not only is it my pick but right after my pick is Shelly's pick. So we're going to make some on-air collections. Um, I think I know who I'm going to take. I I talked earlier about filling up on pitchers on accident, and I think I'm about to take another one. He just is very clearly, in my opinion, the best player available. And that's Nate Eovaldi. I'm tempted. No. By... No? You want him? No, no. I, I didn't say anything. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, (laughs) I'm tempted by Trent Grisham because I do need steals and I have a ton of pitchers already. And I'm also tempted by Scott Barlow, but I'm pretty decent on saves. I'll just take um, a flyer type of guy later, I think. But Nate Evaldi, I, I like him a lot more than most of the other pitchers available. And after him and maybe one or two other guys... I think that pitching takes a steep drop. So I'm going to make that selection right now. Um, take Nate Evaldi. You seemed kind of unhappy with that, but no turning back now. I just hit the draft <laughs> button. I was honestly thinking about taking Nate Evaldi with the, in the last round, but I took a look at the mm. draft board. And I'm like, oh, there's a lot of starting pitching here. I think 
you know, I can take another hitter or whatever, and Iovati will come back to me. So that was a really <laughs> good pick. <laughs> Thank you. Darn. Okay. It was probably also smart of you to pass on him because considering I already had Shane Bieber, Max Fried, Carlos Rodon, Pablo Lopez, That's exactly I probably shouldn't have taken him, but <laughs> he, he looked pretty good up on the board. Yeah, so that yeah, that's exactly who I was uh, thinking about taking. So because I am doing like the opposite of you, I'm taking a lot of hitters and letting pitching fall. Um, but I'm kind of feeling the push here with only three pitchers of Giolito, uh, Berrios, and Classe. Oh boy, um, I'm going to go with someone not so sexy and someone who I haven't taken in any of my previous drafts. Um, but I think, can I take a guess? Sure. Go ahead. Uh, if you're going with a pitcher, I'm going to say yeah. it's Sean Manaya. I'm not going with Sean Manaya. Okay. But I am going with a pitcher. Um, honestly, I'm not going with Manaya because I'm afraid that he'll get traded away from Oakland. Mm, um, that's interesting. Yeah. And if he gets traded away from Oakland, I don't know obviously where he's going to go. And I just want Chamanaya and, you know, Odako mm-hmm. or whatever they call it. I'm going to go, <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Erod out in Detroit. Okay. Um, you know, he's got a bigger ballpark out there in Detroit. Um, he's going to be in the central. Hopefully there's, uh, those uh, ratios kind of come down a bit. I've watched him for years as a Red Sox fan and been extremely frustrated with him. But if he goes to a bigger ballpark and a worse division, um, hopefully things will go better for him. So there we go. So I mentioned that after I mentioned that after Nate Valdi, there's like one or two more pitchers, and then it takes a steep drop. And Erod was in those one or two more pitchers. So. I like that pick very much. Um, yeah, with Lance McCullers, he was the other Lance McCullers and Sean Manaya were the other two guys that I think are like kinda in that tier. But Lance mm-hmm. McCullers, his injury scares me, and Sean Manaya, I don't think, is on the same level as Zavaldi or um, Erod. So I think we both made good picks. Um, yours yeah. makes more sense for your team than mine did, but I like Evaldi <laughs> a lot. So I, I... no looking back. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So let's resume with our preview now that um, I I took a little bit of time with my pick there because I didn't notice for a while. Um, so let's move on with our outfield preview. And tier three, it's a it's a mishmash of different types of guys, I guess. Um, lots of injury prone, lots of steals, um, some power, you know. Um, it's Tyler O'Neill, Whit Merrifield, Randy Rosarena, George Springer, and Byron Buxton. Tyler O'Neill, he might be one of my most favorite players to draft. Um, I think that he could become Teoscar Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily fair to say, oh, Teoscar Hernandez cut down his strikeout rate. Now Tyler O'Neill can do exactly the same thing. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen, but I like the power speed combo that he has going on. 
He was a good offensive prospect and he's become a better hitter. Like his strikeout rate is still kind of terrible, but he's become a better hitter. And in 2020, he had a 173 average, terrible, but he had a 189 BABIP. And he is someone that historically just always has a high BABIP. So I think that's the outlier in his, um, in his career. And other than that, he's always hit over 250. He's obviously a fantastic power source. He also is crazy fast. I could see where this goes wrong. Like he could be a bad hitter and just, it's that simple, but he could also be a second rounder next year very easily. Um, I was hoping to get him in TGFBI for sure. Um, I forget where he actually went, but I was, I had my pick. I think it was, I took Starling Marte. No, I took, I took Shane Bieber and I was pretty sure he was going to get back to me. And then he didn't. And I was pretty upset and he didn't even come close. He was taken in the third round. That seemed a little high. Um, but I mean, I'm not going to hate on it. He's one of my favorite players right now. So what are your thoughts on O'Neill? Um, when you said that, you know, Tyler O'Neill could be uh, Teoscar Hernandez, um, I was like, yep, I totally agree. And that's probably why I'm just always like the low ranker on him. I, I, I don't know what it is um, about his profile that I just don't believe in. But I need to believe it. I'm like, he, you know, he went 34 home runs, 15 stolen bases last year. Um, you know, and, you know, just as long as he stays healthy, which I think that he can, I, I, he probably should do, even if he regresses a little bit, let's go 30 10. 30 10, that, that, that's really great. Like, if you really want to get like those, those guys who steal eight, nine, 10 bases, um, and then with the power that O'Neill has, like it's, 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 it's really, really, he's a really, really good player. It's just like, I don't know. We just saw it for like just one year. I want to see it, you know, again, but then I'm going to miss out this year. Um, so, but I, I totally, I totally hear you with, I, I like the idea of him. I just, I just don't know if I believe it. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally understand. Um, I mean, that's what I was saying about Teoscar Hernandez last season. Yeah. And I think that was the right argument. Just Teoscar Hernandez happened to be, happened to go in the right direction. And Tyler O'Neill very much might not. Um, I just, I'm also a Cardinals fan, so I might be a little bit biased, but <laughs> he's, he's awesome. I really like him. Um, and he's just such an athlete. And usually we yeah. say that in a bad way about baseball players, but I don't know. It seems to be working for him. And that said, um, I would not take him where he was taken in our TGFBI draft in the third round. No, I'll pass on that. But in the fourth round, I, I'm pretty um, interested in taking him about there. Mm-hmm. Um, the next guy on the list would be um, Whit Merrifield. I honestly don't have anything to say about him. He will get a lot of volume. He will steal a lot he will hit for average not much homers runs not many rbis it's pretty simple with where with merrifield if you want steals and he's available feel free to take him but 
There's not much to say about him. We already talked about him on my second base preview. Let's gloss over him and head on to Randy Rosarena, um, a much more interesting bat. Um, he went 2020 last year, I believe, and I think he could very much do it again. Um, he's a pretty good player, definitely better for fantasy than in real life. He doesn't have the best plate discipline, but he does steal. Um, so, yeah, it, it's pretty easy to say. But I also don't necessarily believe in his stolen base numbers because he does not have a high success rate. Um, last year, he was 20 and 10. That's only a 33%, uh, 66% success rate, 33% fail, failure rate. So that's not good um, when you're trying to hit 70%. So that's, I, I don't think the Rays are going to let him steal if he keeps this up. Maybe. They just wanted to let him experiment a little bit last year, and now they saw it, and now he's going to slow down on the base paths. His strikeout rate is high, especially for someone who doesn't hit for much homer, uh, much power. I just overall don't really believe in him. Plus, his BABIP was high last year, and maybe that's he's just a high BABIP player. Very much possible. But I don't know. There are some warning signs. I don't think I'm going to have Randy Rosarena very... like anywhere basically um but all of that said he does have upside like we all saw him in the playoffs in 2020 he was insane um and maybe that's repeatable but i wouldn't bet on it yeah i'm a, I'm a little i mean i really like uh randy um you know as a player um just based on yeah he wasn't really effective on the base pass but they did let him steal for the entire season. So maybe they're just like, okay, if you think that you can do it, go ahead. Maybe we'll let you be like the one guy um, to kind of, you know, make some noise out in the base paths. But I still think that he's going just like a tad bit high. And I think it's because people are still looking at those stolen bases. I think that he could be kind of a player that you draft where he's not necessarily going to kill you you know, wherever you draft him, it's just mm -hmm. maybe will be just disappointing. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, Cause I, I don't think he hits for less than 20 homers and he definitely yeah. no, no chance he gets less than 10 steals um, and he might get more. So he's definitely interesting in that sense. And the counting stats should be pretty solid. The Rays are still a good team. Um, just be aware that the steals might not be as sustainable as they look because he's not very good at it. Um, yeah. if for some reason they let him run, but I, I don't, I wouldn't bet on that whatsoever. Um, and then, so would you rather have, let's say Randy Rosarena or Tyler O'Neill? slightly a Rosarena because I think that the Rays have a better lineup than the Cardinals, but that's really the only thing. Interesting. I, I'm going <laughs> Tyler O'Neill by like a mile. I, I have Tyler O'Neill ranked 35. As we were talking about him, I mm -hmm. dropped Randy Rosarena to about pick 63. It looks like. <laughs> so yeah, I, I much prefer Tyler O'Neill there. And even 
for your argument, I think the Cardinals lineup's better. They they in in that 17 game winning streak at the end of last season, they yeah. looked really good and I yeah. of course they're not going to like go at that same 17 game win streak pace. Yeah. But yeah. you've got Tommy Edmond, Paul Goldschmidt, Tyler O'Neill, Nolan Arenado. That top four like really rounded into form. Yeah, um, they they were killing it last year. It was yeah. insane. And of course, Paul Goldschmidt could slow down. Maybe Nolan Arenado will continue heading in the wrong direction and then Tyler O'Neill's kind of screwed. But the Rays lineup is not very attractive either. Um They've got Brandon Lau leading off, apparently. Wander Franco. Austin Meadows, I don't think, is very good. Um, and then Randy Rosarena, followed by, like, G-Man Choi, Andy Diaz. I don't know. Like, Wander Franco is pretty good. Brandon yeah. Lau's good for fantasy, but not really in real life. Um, so, yeah, I contend your point that the Cardinals lineup's worse than the then again, I am a Cardinals fan. Yeah, and I feel and, like I need to say that. And I'm yeah. a Red Sox fan, and I watch way too many Rays games, and somehow they always seem to beat the Red Sox. It seems, and it's just like, how is this possible? So I'm like, I I have no idea. So yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there there's definitely, I, I mean, I offered the comparison because I was just kind of curious to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there. it's a totally legit. Oh, yeah, because yeah. they're also both young. They both strike out a lot. Like yep. there, there's a lot of stuff to say for both of them. They were probably on the same minor league teams at some point too. But yeah, um, probably. it it to me, it's not really much of a match. It's Tyler O'Neill by a lot. Um, George Springer, oh my god, we were talking about counting stats. If he stays healthy, oh my god, how many runs do you think he's gonna get? Like one twenty. It's going to be so much. I really want him to stay healthy. Like, I was a huge fan of his. You know, he's down in Houston. And mm-hmm. then when he signed with the Blue Jays last year, I had him all over the place because I just thought that, oh, goodness, this is going to be so much fun. Sadly, he didn't get, uh, you know, he didn't get much playing time because he got hurt. But if he mm-hmm. could stay healthy, it's going to be so much fun to watch him. Over, under, assuming he plays, let's say, 150 games, over under 110 runs. Ooh, that's a good number. Um, I'll go slightly under, but I still think it's going to be like 105 or something like that. Yeah, that's pretty good. Anyways, I'd honestly take the over. He could he could be so so good in that category and yes. power as yes. well. So there's definitely good signs for Springer. Another thing that I feel like kind of went unnoticed is even though it was a short amount of time with the Blue Jays, he was a somewhat of a base dealer. He only had 342 plate appearances, but he had four steals in that time. Um, it's not much, but it's something to be encouraged by. Because um, as you mentioned be- earlier while we were talking about Kyle Tucker, he did have quite a few steals in the minors. Then the Astros kind of shut that down, and maybe now he's back to an extent. I, I would think he gets at least five, maybe seven or eight steals. Um, in, in Roto, that is worth an awful lot. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, yeah, I'm just looking at his numbers now. And yeah, I mean, if, if you know, the Blue Jays have kind of like let him quote unquote, let him steal a little bit more than what the Astros did. Add that on to, 
you know, the, that Blue Jays lineup. Yeah, he could be a, like a really sneaky guy that could maybe jump up a few rounds um, next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Byron Buxton, it just comes down for to health for health. him. Like, yep. Are you taking him, though? Like, do you think he's worth the risk? I I just – I'm – I'm just never like the drafter to draft him, but whenever he goes, I'm like, I see it. I I understand what that manager is trying to do there. I get it. I get it. I just, I'm just never that type of uh, manager. I definitely know what you mean. Yeah. He's, I mean, he could be so good. Yeah. But the thing is he's never really been worth what you're paying for him. Um, He did have that one breakout season, but other than that, it's just so hard. Um, let's move on to round, uh, to tier four, and that is Nick Castellanos, Eloy Jimenez, Giancarlo Stanton, Jesse Winker, Tommy Edmond, and J.D. Martinez. Of this group, does anyone stand out or any few people stand out as your favorite guys to draft? Um... I do have a lot of Edmund just because of second base outfield, and usually I'm mm-hmm. in need of speed. Um, so I like him just for speed and kind of leading off for the Cardinals. Um, but I really, really like where Cassianos and JD Martinez are going. Um, again, you're not going to get um, speed from them, but at least with JD, you know that he's going to hit it at the heart of the Red Sox lineup, which is a pretty good lineup. And wherever Cassianos probably lands, um, I think, again, like he'll hit, you know, number three or number four. And I, I've just always been a fan of, you know, his his power, his, you know, his ability to make contact and stuff like that. So um, those are, I guess, like the three guys that I really, really like where they're going. Uh, of this group, I really like, um, I really like Giancarlo Stanton. I, I took yeah. him in TGFBI. And it felt really nice once I hit the draft button. I, I was debating with myself for quite a bit of time if I should take him or Trevor Rogers. And now that I have all this pitching, I definitely feel like I made the right decision. Yeah. Um, he's a plus in batting average. In la- last season, he had less than 600 plate appearances, but he also had 35 home runs. Yeah. He had a strange amount of runs considering. Like, he... He created his own run via a home run like more than 50% of the time. Um, He only had 64 runs and 35 of those were home runs. So that's pretty ridiculous. I expect him to have quite a bit more run production. And he had 97 RPI. It's not like everything was broken. Um, It was just a weird statistical thing that happened last year. Um, His strikeout rate went down. Just everything looks really good in his stats. Um, And he could very well get injured again. Um, But if you think about it, he was injured in 2019 a lot. Like, that is for sure. And then the 2020 season, he was injured as well. But that kind of just compiled in the pre-2021 draft season to say, oh, he's injury prone now. But before that, he was one of the biggest workhorses. Um, And now in 2021, likewise, he um, became 
not quite a workhorse because he only had 600 plate appearances. But he, I, I mean, given just this season, there's no chance you would label him as injury prone. So in the, let's see, in the seventh round, a chance at 35 homers and a good average is easily worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree. And what what makes me... I just think that a lot of managers are just kind of like, oh, it's Stan. We kind of, quote-unquote, know what he is. So there's not that, you know, quote-unquote, upside of maybe something more. It's like... It's, it just seems like a lot of managers and rankers and all these other people who talk about this game, uh, they just kind of like, oh, yeah, Stan, huge power. Okay, ho-hum. And I, I think that that is wrong. I, I, I really did like that, you know, when you took him um, in DGFBI because I was kind of like looking at him too uh, because I just don't think that he's getting that buzz that he honestly deserves. Right. As yeah. long as he stays healthy, I, I think yep. he has a pretty good floor and like he has a ceiling. He, he hit 35 home runs, was on pace for almost 40 is according to Statcast like the best or second best hitter in the whole league mm-hmm. year after year. There's so much good stuff going on. Like yeah. there injury is the only thing. And I'm not quite in this particular situation. I'm not quite sure how concerned about injury you should really be because he had two injury plagued seasons. And then other than that, he's been pretty decent at avoiding injuries. Um, Agreed. Yeah. And I think that all of the Yankees being injured in 2019 really like psychologically just like did something to all of us to like not trust (laughs) Yankees. Um, Yeah. Cause he and Aaron judge both. I, like they might be injury prone. Maybe after this season, we'll get more answers. But I don't know. 2019 might have been just been a weird year for the Yankees. And then in 2020, John Carlos Stanton just happened to get injured. And other than that, he's been fine. Like, I I don't think it's as easy as saying he's injury prone. Um, and Agreed. yeah, definitely has a lot of upside. Um, I did briefly want to hit on Nick Castellanos a little more because we don't know where he's playing. And I think he serves as a marvelous example to kind of discuss. Like at this point, we're drafting right now. We're in TGFBI. We've talked about it a ton today. How willing are you to take someone where you don't know where he's going to play? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty okay with it as long as I really, really like the player. Um, I mean, I, I think Nick Cassianos um, is a just a, honestly a good hitter. And, you know, even if he goes to like a bad ballpark, um, like Miami, for example, he's been kind of rumored there and that's kind of like a big mm-hmm. ballpark. I mean, we've seen what he has done in Detroit, which is also a big ballpark. And, you know, I, I, I do like some of the players on Miami and I think that that could be interesting. Yeah, it's probably he's probably not going to do what he did in Cincy in great American small park. Right. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I just think that he is a, will be a reliable producer of just, you know, what you're going to get from him, right. You're going to get a pretty decent average, a decent amount of home runs, 
no steals, but if he's going to hit third or fourth of that lineup in whatever lineup that he is in, it should be in a lot of runs and RBI opportunity for him. So I like taking the gamble on a known hitter with an unknown destination. Mm -hmm. And even if he did wind up in Miami, which I think is realistically one of his worst possibilities, it's not a terrible lineup. Like, yeah. I think we think of it as being really bad, but it's not. Like, we were talking about the Rays earlier. I honestly think it's kind of comparable. You've got Miguel Rojas, who just always gets a hit. Jazz Chisholm. Sure, he could end up in the minors, but he might be an amazing hitter as well. Avisal Garcia is solid. So is Jesus Aguilar. And Jesus Sanchez might be interesting. Brian Anderson's pretty good. So is Joey Wendell. It, it's a good lineup. Like, um, yeah. it, it could go poorly, I guess. And the ballpark does bug me a little bit. But I, I too, am interested in taking him, even though we don't know where he's going to play. Um, I do think that temporarily downgrades him. And once he um, finds a home, I'll probably move him at least into that tier above with the likes of George Springer and Randy Rosarena. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's try to cover one more tier before we have to go. And that would be um, Cattell Marte, Chris Bryant, Brian Reynolds, Mitch Haniger, Dalton Varsho, but don't talk about him because he's going to be a part of the catcher preview, um, (laughs) AJ Pollock, and Kyle Schwarber. Um, Who here interests you most? Oh, boy. Um, I have so many shares of Chris Bryant and Kyle Schwerber. Mm-hmm. It is ridiculous. Um, and I, the more I think about it, I'm actually kind of scared, uh, because I'm like, if any of those guys goes down, all of my teams are screwed. Um, but I mean, I really like, uh, both of those players. Um, again, I, it's kind of like the whole Cassianus thing. We don't know where these guys are going to be, but I believe wherever that they land, um, they're going to hit probably in the heart of that lineup. And what Kyle Schwarber did um, last year between the Nationals and uh, mm-hmm. the Red Sox was so amazing. And I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm all aboard the Schwarber train. Um, yeah, he had a historic home run streak and yeah. like we all forgot about it. Like, what was that? that? That was a very weird fever dream, I swear. But yeah, he's he really broke out last year, and it feels like he's not getting recognition. Um, yeah. I was interested in taking him in TGFBI. I just couldn't pass up Carlos Rodon. But at that pick, I was definitely considering it. And if I didn't take Stanton earlier, I probably would have taken him. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I like Schwarber a lot too. Bryant I'm a little more skeptical of because I think he's just kind of average and um, drafting him is kind of reaching for third baseman more than anything, which I'm not too interested in doing. Um, but it's valid for sure. Like third base sucks. Like it's true. So <laughs> if you want to get it out of the way, short, uh, Bryant is as good as a guy as Riley or Arenado or Rendon or Bregman. Like they're all pushed up a little bit. Uh, I Riley is probably my favorite of that group, but mm-hmm. Bryant's not any worse than like any of the other guys necessarily. So both of those guys I agree with. Um, my favorite of this group is probably AJ Pollock. Um, I mean, 
I on this spreadsheet that I'm reading from my ranks on, it says that my rank of him is 119, and ADP's rank of him is literally 100 picks later at 219. <laughs> I that just seems like a flaw in ADP. Like I, what, what am I missing something? Because he's been absolutely amazing ever since he went to the Dodgers. Um, his playing time will be cut short, and that's really it. Then again, he's going at a hundred. Like I have him ranked at one hundred nineteen, and I think that is very much accounting for um, some time off because otherwise he should be going in the top seventy. Like he's been so good. Um, let, let me just read you some stats. So it, since he joined the Dodgers in twenty nineteen, he has a two eighty two average. And this is over almost a thousand plate appearances, so a huge sample size. Um, two hundred eighty-two average, fifty-two home runs, which is about, um, let's say twenty-five, twenty-seven per year. I'm just estimating that. Um, two hundred eighty-two runs plus RBI, which is very nice. Um, Sixteen steals, which is approximately, let's say. Um, is some of the, one of these is the 2020 season. So that's approximately, let's say 10 per year, eight. Um, it just like, if I had to guess each of his stats, I I would say 275 average, uh, 27 homers, um, eight steals. I don't know. I, maybe I'm overly excited and maybe I'm not accounting for, um, him platooning enough, but I think he's just really good, um, and I'm not completely sure what I'm missing. So, it, what what do you think about Pollock? Should I uh, AJ Pollock? Um, should I lower him or what? Um, I, I I see the love. I would probably lower him just a little bit, a bit. Um, just based on maybe a little, uh, maybe a little bit of platoon stuff and maybe injury. But if you take just what you believe in what AJ Pollock can do and maybe just cut off just a little bit off the top mm-hmm. um, for like injury or, you know, being platoon, like I said, um, and then add in like whatever that quote unquote replacement outfielder is going to be. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it, it's, it's really, really good. So I understand why you have him ranked so highly. Um, so yeah, I, I totally, I totally believe. And it's, I did not realize that he his ADP is in the 200th kind of crazy. Yeah, I I think that's just ridiculous. Um, yeah. it, and I'm not saying like actually draft him at 119. I'm just saying sure, like, sure, kind sure, of like sure. where I think he'll finish. You should definitely wait until like it gets to be closer to his ADP just to maximize value. But yeah, I, I if I really needed to, I would consider taking him in the top 120. Um, it's. I think that's just a huge hole in everything. So yeah, that about wraps it up. Um, This was outfielders part one. If your favorite outfielder to draft was not covered, that is certainly because we didn't get to him. Um, But before we go, um, do you have someone that stands out as being your favorite outfielder to draft? You said who is my favorite outfielder to draft? Yeah. If someone comes to mind, Kyle Schwarber. Okay, um, and guy. do you have 
a particular least favorite. This is always a lot harder for me to answer because I don't, <laughs> I, I, it's hard to say because you only draft who you draft um, and you don't draft everyone else. So um, um, do you have a least favorite, I guess? Yeah. Um, Jesse Winker, actually. Really? Okay. We didn't talk about him, but I kind of like Jesse Winker. When I picked Stanton in TGFBI, I was definitely considering Winker for a while. Um, I'm going to say my favorite is Tyler O'Neill. Mm-hmm. And my least favorite, I'll go Cedric Mullins. Um, I just don't really get it. Or no, I'll go Randy Rosarena. That That's definitely <laughs> yeah. my guy. Um, so yeah, um, that about wraps it up though. Thank you so much for joining me. It was fun making those live picks with you too. Um, and yeah. we'll see how TGFBI actually goes once we're done with it um well hopefully the season starts (laughs) true yeah we didn't even talk about that don't get me started yeah it's ridiculous um but the season will eventually start i'm sure um yeah and we will then be competing in the same league together it'll be a blast for sure definitely um now before we end the show do you want to tell the people where they can find you on twitter where they can read your work, etc. cetera. Uh, yeah. Um, you can find me on Twitter um, at Shelly V underscore six, four, three. And uh, most of the stuff that I write is usually on picture list or the dynasty viewer right now. So once again, thank you so much for joining me as always. You can follow me at FOV underscore sports on Instagram or Twitter. I'll talk to you next time, but until then I zip out.